0: Welcome to the podcast at DC hosted by The Lab at DC. The Lab is an applied scientific team in the executive office of the mayor for the District of Columbia. We use science to learn what works for Washingtonians. This episode is part of a special six-part mini-series that takes you through the lab's scientific process. To find out more about this approach and our work, please visit thelab.dc.gov.
1: Hi, I'm Chrisanthi Hatsumasura, a senior social scientist at the Lab at DC and an assistant research professor at the GW Institute of Public Policy at the George Washington University. Let's go through step five in our scientific approach. Decide. A few weeks ago, I decided it was time for a new outfit for work. I wear my outfits at least one or two times a week, so I was grateful to have time to pick a good one. But what makes a really good outfit? Well, durability and comfort are definitely factors. I checked reviews online for materials that are known to last and are comfortable. Whether the outfit was ethically made is also important to me. Who made it? How was it made? Can I recycle it? Is it second hand? And is it sustainable? My budget is a factor as well, and if I'm being honest, style counts a lot. Balancing all these factors meant I had to decide very carefully. What I picked wasn't the world's best outfit, because if that existed, I wouldn't have bothered with all my information collection. Instead, I took durability, comfort, ethics, cost, and style into account, and decided which outfit to buy. Many of the decisions we face are far more important than clothes, but require the same kind of information gathering and consideration. Should I rent apartment A or apartment B? Which school should I send my child to? There's often no one thing that helps us answer these questions, nor is there a single right answer. We do this in government too. Should the city provide free public transportation to school? Should the city extend a tax break to small local businesses? One way the lab helps district government make these decisions is by testing. This provides us with more data to inform our decision. But testing doesn't give us answers. If it did, we wouldn't need to decide. Testing simply gives us information. What we do next depends on how we put that information into context with our values and other facts. Here are some examples of that. In the 2017-2018 school year, we talked with the Office of Victim Services and Justice Grants about reducing truancy. The Show Up Standout program had been established to help students and families overcome challenges that lead to unexcused absences. But would mailing a letter to families actually encourage them to participate in the programme? Well, we tested it, and the information that came back, it actually discouraged families from participating. This result made it a straightforward decision to stop sending these letters. In other cases, the decision is a little less straightforward. Consider our partnership with the Office of the Deputy Mayor for Education. They too are focused on improving attendance and wanted to try out a new transportation support for families in emergency shelter. The question we wanted to answer was, could providing gas and rideshare cards help kids miss less school? We're still testing this out, but let's imagine just for a minute that these transportation resources result in kids missing one day less in the first two weeks in the emergency shelter. Is that worth spending $420 in cards for each family? How big of an effect is needed to make the investment worthwhile? The Office of the Deputy Mayor for Education has decided that an increase of at least 1.5 days in attendance is the answer for them. They chose this number because missing just one day during a two-week period would put a student on a track to be chronically absent if that pattern were to continue. Evidence-informed decisions are not quite as simple as seeing if a number falls above or below a cutoff. Some of these decisions require the village a conversation about values with our DC community. When we found, for example, that police body-worn cameras didn't affect specific outcomes we looked at, the decision to keep them took into account the value of transparency and the public's desire to have a visual record of police-resident interactions. We ran into similar emphasis on community values when engaging DC residents on the design of the evaluation of a new program that places nurses in the 911 call center. The evidence will be published in early 2020, but for now, let's just imagine the programme reduces unnecessary emergency room visits, improves care, and saves taxpayer dollars. The public, and the people who represent them, may still value more that when you call for an ambulance, you are guaranteed to get one. So, when we are deciding how to best use our limited resources, we balance the evidence with community and residents' preferences. Decisions aren't made in a vacuum they are part of the democratic process. In fact, laws are the most direct representation of that democratic process. Laws can sometimes directly address a problem that an idea we were testing was aiming to improve. For example, while we were studying a parking ticket debt relief program to prevent returning citizens from losing their driver's licenses, DC Council and Mayor Muriel Bowser decided to pass a new law that ended license suspensions due to ticket debt. So, in conclusion, when all is said and done, and a decision is made, what happens next? If we decide to stick with an idea that is helping, or decide to stop it because it isn't helping at all, or not enough, the issue remains. For example, if we do see the kind of school attendance improvement we are hoping for with the transportation support for families in emergency shelter, which was mentioned earlier, school attendance will remain an important area of focus. What happens next is we revisit the issue by repeating the process from step one until we've met the district's attendance goals. So come back for the final episode in this mini-series, Repeat.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast at DC, a production of The Lab at DC. Our producer is Nellie Moore, and our podcast intern is Tim Madden. We want to know what you think of the podcast at DC, and we want to hear your ideas for what topics we should be covering. Go to tinyurl.com slash at DC to take part in our listener survey. The link is also in the description of this episode. Your feedback will help us improve our content and production quality, and it'll also allow us to better serve district residents and improve evidence-based governance in DC. If you liked what you heard, visit our website at thelab.dc.gov, where you can sign up for our mailing list. You should also follow us on Twitter at thelab underscore DC. However you choose to connect with us, you can find more information on our work and stay updated on what we're doing. For more episodes of the podcast at DC, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Sam Quinney.